Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah. We're hanging with you guys for the next three hours to discuss a big slate in college basketball. We are waist deep in conference play. More than 150 games on today's slate. We'll be discussing all the big ones. Make sure to tweet at the show. We want to hear from you guys over the course of these three hours. Tweet at us at VEASAN Live, at Amal Shaw one at Femi Abebefe. Coming up on this broadcast, we have five, count them, five fantastic guests with us this morning, starting with Simon Gersberg, college basketball and NBA handicapper at shotquality.com, joining us at 9 45 will break down the massive slate in college hoops today. Brendan Marks, Duke and North Carolina beat writer for the athletic makes his first appearance of BAA here at 10 15. Guess what we're talking about? The battle for tobacco road, Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN host and NBA betting analyst checking in at 10 45. He's going to catch us up on what's been going on in the association, what we've been missing. And also how would a James Harden for Ben Simmons swap affect the nets and Sixers? We'll ask JVT Trevor Lane, Lakers, Nation senior writer over there joins us at 11:15. Can the Lakers climb out of this hole? We'll get Trevor's take in our number three. Dave Ross wraps things up with us. The Veasan host and host of the First Strike podcast joining us at 11:45 as we pass the baton to the Ross and Reynolds connection for the second half of BAA picks and Twitter poll at 11:30. NBA season check in 10:30. Stop, drop, shut them down, open up. Props, Super Bowl edition at the top of hour number two. Amal's A-list returns at 9.30. For those who've been sticking around with us all throughout college football, you know what that brings out of Amal. But first, Amal Shaw, you're pouring over the odds. You're looking at your notes. How you doing on this first Saturday of February? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Amal. Can you not tell? College basketball, 150 slates. This is your wheelhouse. And you were excited before we got in and on the air today and I mean, how pumped are you for these games that we have going on? Big-time matchups here in college hoops. Yeah, a couple of great ones tonight. Uh, KU hosting uh, Baylor is going to be an outstanding game. And then, of course, late game tonight in Tuscaloosa. Kentucky on the road uh, at uh, 
at Alabama taking on the Crimson Tide. So a couple of great games along with, I know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State getting ready right now. Bedlam underway. Uh, terrific matchup uh, at uh, Philadelphia. And this one is at Wells Fargo, not at the Pavilion. Uh, Villanova hosting UConn. And I think two teams that are going to be really – I think UConn's underrated, and I think Villanova's still a very good team who's going to be dangerous when we get into March. Well, let's dive into that game because it's about to tip off right now. Amal said that Villanova hosting UConn. The Villanova right now, four-and-a-half-point favorites, total 128-and-a-half in this game. Amal, anything that you have on this game as folks are trying to jam those bets in as we're about five minutes away from tip-off? I didn't touch this one. I thought this line was going to come at around five-and-a-half or six, and it opened at five-and-a-half, and, a half and it, we've seen it bet down, and I think that's the right side. I think as good as Villanova's been, I think uh, UConn is a terrific team coming off a tough loss at home against Creighton. We'll see if they can get back on track in this one. Yeah, it's an interesting number. Both these teams coming off those bad losses, like you mentioned there. Four and a half. I mean, it feel, I thought five, like you mentioned, five was about the fair number yeah. there. Maybe a little bit of value on Villanova if you had to play the game here. But probably an in-game action. We'll, of course, be keeping our eyes on in-game opportunities over the next three hours. So we'll make sure to stay with that game. UConn, Villanova, like I said, Villanova, four and a half point favorites. Total, 128 and a half as we are moments away from tip-off. But the game of the day is going on in Lawrence, Kansas, them all, Baylor and Kansas. What are your early thoughts on this one that might decide who is the premier team out of the Big 12? Well, I said something that's kind of almost contradictory about Kansas-Baylor, which is I think KU is the better regular season team because they get to play half their games at home during league play, and I think Baylor is going to be the better tournament team. I think Kansas, the way they're constructed, you know, at home, it's always so tough outside of Kentucky dismantling them. They are a tough, tough team to beat at the Fog, and I love them in this spot today against Baylor. You know, Baylor's had some struggles against some teams at home so far this year. This is a crucial game if they want to have a shot at winning the Big 12 regular season title. But when we get into March, I just think the way Baylor defends, and people have that quick turnaround in 48 hours, it's mm -hmm. just not something you're going to be ready for. And I think that'll be the difference in, in terms of that uh, for the postseason. But today, I, I think at the fog after getting embarrassed, I, I think Kansas is in a great spot here. Look at Bill Self's record at home at the fog in terms of what he's been able to do throughout his career. You know, they generally drop maybe a game a season. Last year, they got embarrassed by Texas. Afterwards, they played extremely well. Similar situation here. You get embarrassed by Kentucky. Now you got an opportunity. They did win the road game with Adabaji in uh, Hilton. Now yep. coming back home, great chance. Yeah, I think that point that you brought up of a Baylor, maybe in March with that turnaround, we saw that with Gonzaga yeah. after their Final Four victory, the dramatic win, and then they had to play that Monday against Baylor, and they just looked overwhelmed by the Bears' physicality, their athleticism there. But I don't think Kansas will be overwhelmed in this matchup. They, these two teams tend to play each other very closely, as indicated by the spread over at BetMGM. The Jayhawks laying two and a half at home total, 144 and a half. Do you have a play in this game, Amal? Anything yeah, for you? Yeah, I do. I love Kansas in this spot. I mean, you know, they lose, they lose, but you're going to give me them at the fog less than three points at home. I'll take my chance on that one every day. I thought this line would be four. Baylor's a terrific mm -hmm. basketball team. They defend extremely well. But, you know, the one thing you saw the other night with the UCLA-Arizona game is when teams are at home, it just seems like they get a plethora of calls that go in their favor over the opponent. And as well as Baylor has played at times, uh, they've still been a little bit inconsistent. They've been dealing with some injuries. Uh, that's why I like KU in this matchup. Yeah, Texas Texas Tech was another example of home court advantage and what that means to teams earlier this week. Speaking of home court advantage, Maul, 
Dean Dome, big game. Coach K's final trip to Chapel Hill, number nine Duke, taking on North Carolina in this game. And last check here, the Tar Heels catching three points at home against the Duke Blue Devils, who have national title aspirations. What is your read, and what kind of stands out to you when you handicap this game? The biggest and best rivalry, in my opinion, in college hoops, maybe even in all of sports. Yeah, the you know the one thing when you look at this uh, matchup, I think that. Can UNC shoot the ball from the perimeter as well as they do collectively? You know, Bertie Manick and Caleb Love have been outstanding. Both have made 49 three-pointers for this team. R.J. Davis has shot the ball as well from the perimeter. They're almost 40%, about 38% from deep. They've got to shoot the ball that same way. And then Amando Baycott's got to stay out of foul trouble. And if they can slow down Paolo Bancaro enough, I think that puts a lot of pressure on the supporting cast. Uh, obviously, the crowd will be a factor. I just feel like Duke is a more complete team. The one thing with UNC that has gone completely overlooked this year, Femi, is the fact that this team has kind of played to uh, weaker competition they've destroyed and dismantled. And then against good competition, they've had some challenges. Now, they come in having won four in a row, but again, Virginia Tech, BC, NC State all at home. Good road win at Louisville, but remember, Chris Mack resigned. You look at these games they've gone on the road. At Miami, they lost by 28 uh, at Wake Forest, they lose by 18. Against, um, who was it, uh, Kentucky, they lost by 29 here in Vegas. I mean, so this team, when they face stiff competition, Tennessee beat them by 17. I, I think Duke is a far more complete basketball team, and I, I think this is a fairly short number despite the fact that Carolina's at home. And I know they'll play well and they'll compete, but can they really put a game together for 40 minutes against a team that's just talent-wise better than them? Well, that's the question I wanted to ask you. The, all the games that you listed off were either neutral site games or away games. Now that they're playing in Chapel Hill, do you think that home court advantage and you know that fan base and that team is going to want to beat Coach K in the last time he goes to Chapel Hill. Do you think that will play a factor in almost kind of how we saw Texas Tech against Texas earlier this week where the home court is just overwhelming for a Duke team that's pretty young? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I tell you what, um, it's going to be their really only opportunity because I think when you go back to Durham, it's going to be about a 10-point line. And <laughs> I, I think they're going to be in trouble there because Duke is a far better team when you look at it from a talent standpoint and what they have. But this is an important game for Hubert Davis. His teams have not really shown well uh, in terms of the matchup. By the way, I love how ESPN, because this game is actually not a really good matchup, is inundating us with Coach K's last game at <laughs> UNC. Who gives a damn? By the way, you know, let's let's talk about Coach K for one thing. They're not going to, I mean, they don't re remember him. And, I, you know, it's funny. We had George Carl on with Brent and I one time a couple years ago, and I asked him, the two biggest in college, the two biggest uh, schools where they have an affinity, where the guys go back to the program, University of Miami in college football mm -hmm. and UNC in basketball. If Coach K is such a great guy that he's painted, they've painted this picture of, why the hell Duke, how come Duke doesn't have this gathering the way they do? How come you don't see guys talking about Coach K that same way? By the way, why don't we ask William Avery and his family what they think of Coach K? <laughs> Hey, you only got three more months to, to, to rail on Coach K. He's riding off into the sunset. Can't wait. <laughs> He's riding Can't off, wait. Riding off into the I'm sunset. I'm sure John we'll Feinstein what... will have something to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see how this Duke season I, I have ends. a question. If Coach K stops running, does John Feinstein break his nose? <laughs> we're we're going to try to think of Coach K on the basketball court and not maybe in I'm physical altercations. <laughs> I know. I just asked a question. But all, all I'm saying is, like, if you had a visiting team, if Ohio State's playing their last game at Michigan, do you think they're like, this is Woody Hayes' last game in Ann Arbor? Probably not. Uh, that's my point.
No, probably you not. Know, these are the same people that tried to shove us the LeBron Jordan comparison. It's not even a comparison, but you know, they, they try to make the younger generation think it is. We'll ask all of these questions, and I'm sure about the Feinstein question to Brendan Marks, the Duke and North Carolina beat writer for the Athletic, covers both teams, so he has an interesting perspective on both sides of that rivalry there. We talked about Texas in this Big 12 of all. They're taking on Iowa State. Yeah. They looked overwhelmed and absolutely rattled in Lubbock, and that was kind of understandable. That fan base in Lubbock was just, they wanted blood from Chris Beard there. How do you think they respond as they're laying eight and a half against the Cyclones today? Yeah, I like the way you phrase that, and you're absolutely right. They absolutely <laughs> wanted blood. I, I don't know. I was scared, and I was watching in my living room. <laughs> it's a great point. I, I, there's few things worse in the state of Texas than departing Lubbock to go to Austin or College Station to go to Lubbock, or if you left Austin to go to um, to Norman, if you went north of the yeah. Red River. But in this matchup, <laughs> tell you what, this Iowa State team offensively has really struggled. Uh, Isaiah Brockington is going to be having to carry the mail in this game. But on the flip side, this Texas team, family, remember, we saw them against Oklahoma State at home without mm -hmm. their leading score go almost eight, nine minutes without scoring. Against Tennessee, they have a a huge lead, about 15, 16 points, allowed the Volunteers with an opportunity down by one. The brilliance of Tennessee to take a three-point shot down by one to win the game. You know, you could have taken a two and won the game, but always just something to consider. I, I think it's a tough matchup in terms of the number. I think it's right where it should be. I would look towards a potential under here because I think both offenses could stagnate a little bit in this one. Yeah, the total in this game, 121.5 at BetMGM, Texas laying 8.5. It's a big day of college hoops. We're going to be all over it. Games tipping off right now and throughout the afternoon. So stay with us here, betting across America. On the other side, a first look at Super Bowl 56, Rams, Bengals. We're just getting warmed up here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, it's the big game, big game special. Join our crew all but get that betting guide for us here. VEASAN, we always have great stuff for you guys to look at with our betting guides. It's going to tell you everything, trends, strategies, props, tips from all of our betting experts here. VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl is where you can get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Make sure to check that out. VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl. Big game betting guide, and it is all free. Free 99 is what we like here at the network. 
Welcome back inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shaw. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Big slate of college basketball games. We're keeping our eyes on those. Indiana, Illinois is going on right now over in Hoosier land. We got UConn Villanova, a top 25 matchup. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam on the court. Many of big conference games to discuss, but we are eight days away from the big game, Super Bowl 56, like we mentioned, the big game betting guide, Rams, Bengals, and over at BetMGM Mall, the Rams are four and a half point favorites, total of 48 and a half. We've seen a little bit of movement from the opener of three and a half going to four and a half. Now, four isn't the most key of number, but early indication for influential bettors seems to be going with the LA Rams. Yeah, and, you know, I think rightfully so, Femi. When you look at this te- Cincinnati team, give them a ton of credit for what they've been able to do, shutting out the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half at Arrowhead Stadium. You thought it was an opportunity for Casey to make a third consecutive Super Bowl. Yeah. And then when you look at it, they uh, have the win against the Raiders because Derek Carr decides to spike the ball on first down, critical play there. This team deserves a lot of credit for what they've been able to navigate and to get to where they've been. But I think now you're going to face a more complete football team. The one thing, as good as KC is offensively, as good as Tennessee can be when Derrick Henry is healthy and Cincinnati, excuse me, the Raiders offense can be, none of these teams are complete from a defensive standpoint. I think the difference is the Rams, this front, and with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey guarding or covering Jamar Chase, that'll be a difference. And That's why you're seeing so much money having poured in. And and it's, in my opinion, it's rare that you'd see a Super Bowl line move this quickly, a point within probably, what, 48 hours, the opening number? You know, usually maybe three and a half goes to four, but – I think people are saying, hey, Cincinnati's fortunate they got here, but this is the end of the road. I think fortunate is the word there for the Cincinnati Bengals. From a lot of people, a lot of numbers people, they'll look at their season-long metrics and be like, hey, this is just like an above-average team. What are we doing here versus where the Rams have seen a lot of respect from respected betters all throughout the season here. So now when you look at a side and total here in this game, it's the big game. We we all indicate in going into this game that it's the sharpest line, sharpest total I don't, you have a play on this. I don't want you to reveal who you like in this game, but what would cause you to bet this game earlier in the week versus later on, maybe when the injury reports start to come out, the practice reports start to come out and all that stuff, what would make you jump in on this game now versus maybe in about four or five days? Well, I hate to rain on your parade, but I got to tell you my play in order to tell you why I bet it early because the line went up from three and a half to four. It's funny. A friend of mine called me from LA. I was like, hey, what's the line? I said three and a half. And then when I checked back like 30 minutes later, it was at a four or maybe 45 minutes later. And mm-hmm. so I bet it right then and there because if it goes to four and a half, it's, it, it hurts you, obviously, if you're taking the Rams, which I did, yeah. um, and which it has gotten to that point. But, you know, you don't expect – like there's certain moves. Like, for example, right now, if you like Cincinnati – if it comes down to four, it's not as detrimental, but it's advantageous that the line were to creep up some more, say five, five and a half. I mean, it's not a huge critical number, but still you'd rather have as many points as possible. So if you like the Bengals, you don't need to jump on it just yet. You can probably wait till we get yeah. later or closer to kickoff. And it's interesting because the Super Bowl is the one game where I think like the money line isn't necessarily tied to the point spread. Sure. We might see a lot of people who like the Bengals say, hey, I don't want to bet plus four and a half. I just want to bet them plus 165 to win the game. Maybe then compressing that price to where you might see plus 155, even though they're four and a half point underdogs. So it's an interesting kind of betting phenomenon, almost like a betting push pull that we see here in the Super Bowl betting market year in and year out. As for the total, Amal, we saw instant 
line movement when that opened 50 and a half went all the way down to 48 and a half. I think within about two to three hours here. Do you have a lean in terms of the total in this game? I, I do not. I uh, just kind of completely ignored it. Uh, just kind of looked at the side and said, hey, I like this play. I'm going to stick with this. Didn't really get involved in the total on this one. Yeah, as we've seen a lot of people like this under, they think it's going to be a defensive game. Um, the two, because how? Because my question is, how do you think that this Bengals offense is going to match up with this Rams defensive line here? Because that seems to be the big talking point when people discuss this game, at least on the surface, is that we've seen Joe Burrow take nine sacks in the playoff game. They still won the game, but he took nine sacks. We've seen him be pressured all throughout this season, took 50-plus sacks. How do you see this Bengals offensive line maybe holding up against Donald Miller and Floyd and company? Yeah, I think using the word holding up is optimistic. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be the problem, Femi. I thought you brought up a great point in terms of where there's a weakness in this matchup for Cincinnati, which is going to be their offensive line line versus the Rams defensive front. This is a defensive front that terrorizes almost everybody in the league and the weakness that's always been there for Cincinnati. And I think they'll address it this offseason in the draft is uh, the offensive front. If they don't get that corrected, I think at some point in time, unfortunately, and I, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan, uh, I think he could be looking at another potential you know, situation where he's under duress and could potentially face an injury. So let's hope that's not the case. Uh, but they, they've got to figure out a way to slow down Aaron Donald. But, you know, that allows everybody else to get home. <laughs> you know, there's another future Hall of Famer on that line named Vaughn Miller. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, that's right. Super Bowl <laughs> MVP as well. So they've, they've got some talent. And I, I got to give the Rams a ton of credit. You know, Sean McVay and them said, hey, listen, forget we're not drafted until about 2045. <laughs> let's just put all our chips in the center of the table and let's hope these pocket aces hold up. And that's exactly what's happened so far with this team. And they've got to exactly where they want to be, home, home game in SoFi. Now, you're not going to notice that because it's all going to be corporate people at the games. Yeah. And they do a tremendous job. When you look at Raymond James, you know, that's probably the most obvious stadium. You could tell where they're being, play, or being played. And you couldn't even tell that was Raymond James in the Super Bowl last year. So I think it'll be a similar situation in Los Angeles. Uh, it'll be interesting, though, in this game. I think the tighter the game is, I think it favors the Bengals. Like, as we get to halftime, how Kansas City messed up near the end of the half last week. I think that if, if we're in a similar situation, it favors Cincinnati. The point you brought up about the Cincinnati Bengals and drafting Jamar Chase leads me to this next point here. Because Zach Taylor was asked about this earlier in the week. Asked about taking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. Because that was the big debate for Cincinnati coming into last year's draft. Is do you take Joe Burrow's former teammate or do you take the Oregon left tackle Panay Sewell, who people thought of was going to be a can't-miss prospect. Here's what Taylor had to say to the media earlier this week on selecting Chase over Panay Sewell. We, we, we needed to be more explosive, and you always want to put pressure on the defenses. And so, again, it really goes back to a, um, a simple story that, that really drove it home for all of us was Brian Callahan's experience in Denver, you know, when he won a Super Bowl, and, and they had three guys, um, including tight ends, that were, that were difficult one-on-one -on -one matchups. And in key moments in playoff games, you know, they'd get man coverage, and, and Peyton would pick the one who's got the best matchup and, and trust that he was going to win. Isn't it fascinating that you see almost you can make an argument that both sides of the argument were correct. Like the Bengals offensive line is not good. They're having issues holding up. But I mean, you'd be hard pressed to say that they made a mistake when you have Jamar Chase, who's likely going to be the offensive rookie of the year and the big games that he's had, especially down the stretch for helping this team get to where they are. They don't get here without Jamar Chase. Well, listen, I was a huge advocate for them drafting Panay Sewell and, you know, they draft Jamar Chase and I thought it was a mistake. And I was, I, I was right there with you. Yeah, and I was completely wrong. You look at this team, they get to a Super Bowl. Look, 
if they have Panay Sewell, they're a solid team, mm-hmm. but they're not even close. They're like the rest of us. They're watching the Super Bowl from their couch. <laughs> and this has been the difference. And, you know, to Jamar Chase's credit, I think, remember he had a case of the drops in the preseason, was really struggling, mm-hmm. got things turned around. But think about the talent that this guy must be, that he plays two seasons at LSU, and he's still the fifth pick when he doesn't even play in the 2020 collegiate season, and he's the number one wide receiver off the board. I mean, his talent is without you know, argument or without reproach. It's really amazing the type of year he's had. And, you know, just kind of thinking back on that 2019 LSU team, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had some struggles this year with Cincinnati, excuse me, with Kansas City. But you look at Justin Jefferson. He's been a record-setting receiver. Jamar Chase has been outstanding. Joe Burrow has been fantastic. I mean, it is almost scary when you think back the success that these guys have had at the league level to what they were doing in college. I, I think sometimes LSU is underappreciated for how great that team was in 2019. Yeah, it's going to be the classic. Looking back on it, this is one of the greatest teams of all time. Like in the no moment, question. in the moment, it felt like it. I mean, you go to Tuscaloosa, you win that game over against that t- stacked Alabama team. You beat up a Georgia team in the SEC title game. Clemson, they made them look foolish in the national title. Like that's a team that I think looking back is going to be pretty historic. Uh, anything that you look for in the props? How do you, before we got we got about a minute left here? How do you approach looking at the prop menu because it can almost be overwhelming when you see the amount of offerings you see from these sports books. Yeah, I think you go through it and you see some. Something that you think stands out in your favor, you think uh, is a play that you like, or maybe the line's a little bit off. That's what you're trying to really gauge. You're trying to find, and if you can do that, I'd look to jump on that as soon as possible. If you if you see something that really intrigues you, yeah, we're seeing them Thursday night. We saw the Westgate Superbook here in Las Vegas open up their prop menus. Uh, a lot of books now have pretty much opened them, so that we have about eight days to pour over these offerings. We'll be discussing props later on in the show to give you guys a little bit of advice and who we might like in terms of value coming up here. Super Bowl 56, eight days away. Rams four and a half point favorites total, 48 and a half. On the other side, we go back to school. Amal's A-list college hoops teams that he's buying, teams that he's selling. We'll discuss it here. It's betting across America presented by BetMGM. Questions about betting the Super Bowl? Wondering about how to hedge? Or maybe you were looking for unusual props or insights from one of our hosts? The VEASAN Big Game Help Desk is here for you. Submit your questions at VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl, and it can be answered by our experts on air or on VEASAN.com. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah, talking all things college hoops. More than 150 games on today's slate here. We got some big ones going on right now in the early window. Want to update you guys on some of the live markets we have available to us here at BetMGM. Right now, Oklahoma State, they're trailing Oklahoma 20-19, to 19, but the, the Cowboys, I should say, are one-and-a-half point favorites on the live line, total 131-and-a-half. In another big game, Villanova hosting UConn. Villanova went off as four-and-a-half point favorites. They're now five-and-a-half on the live line. They leave it by three at the under-12 timeout in the first half, total 130-and-a-half. I'm sweating the over in that game. I took over 129-and-a-half, so if you see me fist pump randomly, that's probably what it's about. Illinois taking on Indiana, the Hoosiers are now two and a half point favorites on the live line. They lead at 21 17, 845 to go in Bloomington. Total 140 and a half. Also laid one with the Hoosiers. So another reason if you see me fist pumping, but any sort of live markets or live developments that we've seen in this nine o'clock window that's jumped out to you, Amal. 
you know, not so far really from an in-game standpoint. Um, you took Indiana in this game, you said? Yeah, I laid one with Indiana. Yeah, I, I thought actually Illinois was a favorite, but yeah. regardless. The, the, the Illinois did. They went off as one and a half. I laid one, thought I was good, then woke up this morning. They're now catching one and a half. Yeah, I'm not that concerned about it. I think IU at home has been outstanding. They have one loss this year, and that was against Michigan, which is a bit of an aberration because that Michigan team is barely uh, going to get into the NCAA tournament if they can get in at all. So we'll see what happens down the stretch. But IU at home has been terrific. And Illinois, this is a challenge for them. You look at their toughest games against Wisconsin, against Michigan State thus far. These games have been in Champaign. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we saw the game against Arizona, which I think Arizona came back and won. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Good uh, kind of test for uh, uh, Underwood's team right here, Brad Underwood's team. Yeah, Illinois also has Purdue on deck on Tuesday. So not quite a look ahead. It's conference play. Indiana's a big-name school. I don't know if they'll be looking past them, but they got Purdue coming up Tuesday. So that's another one where it's going to be a massive, massive game out there in the Big Ten. But now that we got that settled, we want to get to Amal's A-list. This is the thing that we did during college football, highlighting teams that Amal thinks are better than the public or at least the perception is leading you to believe. And starting with Amal's A-list, at the top, we go to the top of the top 25, are the Auburn Tigers on Amal's A-list right now. Auburn, 21-1 and in the SEC, haven't lost since late November, Amal. What do you love so much about Bruce Pearl's club? Well, I think, first of all, their size and their athleticism, right? This is this team has the ability to make tough shots. You know, there's very few teams who can make as many difficult shots as this team. I wouldn't say that Auburn's underrated being the number one team in the country, but I think because of their style of play, there's a perception they may run into problems when they get in the NCAA tournament. But I, I think their depth is a huge factor in their favor. I, I think they're going to be a tough out when we get into March. I mean, this team really is dangerous in what they've been able to do. And Jabari Smith, if you haven't seen him play yet, <laughs> you know, potential first overall pick, he, he's been outstanding. Katie Johnson's been terrific. And then Green, of course, also in the backcourt, outstanding. So th this team's dangerous. And then uh, Kessler with his size, uh, this, this team's going to be a real problem. Well, that's what I wanted to point out to you because it feels like the Auburn team that we saw made make the Final Four a few years ago, they weren't really the biggest of teams. Now right. you have Smith and Kessler yeah. in the front court there. That's an NBA-sized front court absolutely. with 6'10 and 7'1". Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's the biggest advantage. That's why it would be interesting to see them face up against Gonzaga because both teams are big. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be a lot of fun to see that potentially happen. Purdue's another team that's pretty big, so uh, Arizona as well. Can you imagine the pace in an Auburn-Gonzaga game? <laughs> where, where, where are you putting that total? 163? Probably, yeah, right? I mean, you know, I'll tell you, another team, you talk about playing with pace. Arizona plays as fast as anybody. At one yeah. point, you know, the highest-scoring team in the nation. I don't know where they've been last week or two, but, you know, you play against UCLA, obviously your average is going to come down, but they still put up good numbers against the Bruins at home. Creasa, too busy bricking shots out there for the Wildcats. Uh, the team that the Wildcats beat Thursday night, the UCLA Bruins, we saw them push Gonzaga to the brink in the Final Four a year ago. UCLA number nine in Ken Palm. They're a top 10 team, according to the top 25. Number three was a ranking that'll probably drop a little bit here after the loss to the Wildcats. But UCLA, Amal, is on your A-list. What do you love about this Bruins club that we saw make it to the national semifinal just a year ago? Yeah, I was actually more impressed with UCLA in their loss than I was at any other point in time this season with this team. Uh, really showed a lot of moxie coming back at the McHale Center, one of the toughest places to play in college basketball. They were down, uh, what, 14 in this game in the second mm -hmm. half. They find a way to cut to three in the final few minutes, come up short there. I think uh, Arizona wins by 10, but... You know, obviously we know what uh, Johnny Juzang and Jaime Hawkes can do, but I think Jules Bernard and Tiger Campbell, who are two guys not going to probably play at the next level, but terrific 
college basketball players who don't get enough credit for how good and effective they are. And then I like the fact that they've got some size inside with uh, Cody Riley and uh, the kid from uh, who transferred from Rutgers, drawing a blank on his name right now, but uh, Johnson. Yeah, Johnson, Johnson, yeah, the big yeah. fella. And, you know, the other thing is Chris Singleton. People forget how good of a shooter he is. Singleton doesn't get a lot of looks. And for as dynamic of a shooter as he is, I think Mick Cronin's got to get him more looks. He's not a guy that's going to be able to create off the bounce for himself. But he is a dead-eye shooter when he is open. And uh, he's a guy to pay attention to down the stretch for the Bruins from the perimeter. A team we talked about that played earlier this week, that Texas Tech-Texas game. Uh, the Red Raiders probably played their best game of the season, hosting the Longhorns, wanting to seek some revenge against Chris Beard after he left Lubbock for Austin. Are you buying this Red Raiders team as potentially the best team in the Big 12? I am, because they, they can defend. They've got players. You know, Terrence Shannon's not even had a good year, and this uh, Texas Tech team is right there near top of the league. You know, look at these games, right? They go on the road to Baylor, they win. They lose in double overtime at the Fog. If, you are in, if you're winning in Waco at the Farrell Center and you're winning or coming into double overtime games at the Fog, there's no other place in the Big 12, whether it be Gallagher, Iba, Lloyd, Noble, Bramlage. You're not worried about the rest of these places around the league. You're very confident you're going to be able to go in the road on the road and win. And then, you know, in uh, Lubbock, nobody's coming in there and beating you. <laughs> I mean, those guys just absolutely crush people at home. So I think this team is very, very tough and one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I took Texas with plus six and a half in that game. And within five minutes, I was like, well, this is a loser. <laughs> like, this is not going to go well for me. And that Longhorn team looked absolutely overwhelmed out there in Lubbock. Texas Tech, a really impressive resume like you outlined. Kansas, Baylor, victories over both of them, victories over Texas, uh, lost to Gonzaga. Number three defensive efficiency by Ken Palm. This Texas Tech team, that's their identity. Even though that Chris Beard is no longer there, their identity is locking people up on the perimeter and on the interior. So let's go out west, Mal. We've focused on Texas Tech. Let's go out west to the West Coast Conference. And we're not talking about Gonzaga. We're not talking about the Bulldogs, who are the number one team, according to a lot of the power ratings, a lot of the metrics. We're talking about their rival, St. Mary's, the Gales, Amal. Randy Bennett's club here making the A-list for you. Why is that? Yeah, simply because this team is experienced, they're balanced, and I love the way they defend. If you defend the way this team does, the way UCLA does, if you look at these teams that I've got on this list, all five have a common denominator. They all play extremely well defensively. And if you do that, even on nights your offense struggles, you've got a great chance. And that's exactly the thing with St. Mary's. Uh, this is a team that plays extremely well. I think they had, they were in San Francisco at War Memorial against the Dons. They were down big time. Mm -hmm. They end up coming back and winning that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, you know, this team has really been competitive. Uh, I, I just love the balance they have. I think they're going to be a tough, tough out as you go into the postseason. They shorten the games up, and they make you play a half-court game. And a lot of teams uh, like to get out and run and maybe take advantage of those opportunities. And you're not going to be able to do that against St. Mary's. Very under-controlled type of team. Matthias Tass has done a tremendous job for them, and I think this team is one to pay attention to. Next Saturday, the Gales go to Spokane to take on Gonzaga. And then, of course, they will end the season February 26th hosting Gonzaga on what will be senior night. Those always the two biggest games of the year for St. Mary's. Used to cover Gonzaga when I worked in Spokane. I can tell you what, the Zags will be up for that game as well because they don't get a chance to get up for a lot of games in the West Coast Conference. So that will be a fun game to see how good this St. Mary's team actually is as they take on Mark Few, Chet Holmgren, and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. The last team on your A-list here, Amal, comes to us from the Mountain West. They're 30th 
on Ken Palm. It's the Boise State Broncos. Leon Rice, a former Gonzaga guy out there. What do you like about this team that is just coming off of a loss to Wyoming Thursday night? Because they play defense. And if you look at this team, they were in the game at Wyoming. They go down to the Vieja Center, still the most impressive win in league play so far this year in the Mountain West, was going down into San Diego and beating San Diego State. We know how tough the Aztecs are. You know, you look at there's probably four arenas on the West Coast that are so tough to win at. And if you throw in Moraga with St. Mary's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, UCLA, of course, uh, San Diego State and Arizona. All these five places are so tough to play on the West Coast. And they go in there and get a win. I mean, Rice's team has been outstanding defensively. Uh, they continue to put themselves in position to be able to win games. They're not a great shooting team. The one weakness that they have that's a real Achilles heel for them that concerns me is 61% from the free throw line. But I think if you play the right team in the first round, they got a great shot to get through the first weekend in the first two rounds if they get the right matchup. And Boise State 17-5 and five so far this season, and they'll be taking on San Jose State at home today. They are big favorites in that game. We'll keep our eyes on the Broncos and the rest of the college basketball landscape on the other other side, Simon Gersberg of Shot Quality. We'll discuss today's slate with him and who he might like going down the line here as we approach Selection Sunday, just five days away, five weeks away, I should say here. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. action you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000. Your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll also get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Nevada it is betting across America presented by BetMGM Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah 
just going down the 150 game slate here in college basketball and trying not to get tongue twisted while we do it all. But to help us get ready for some of these games that are tipping off here in a matter of moments, we bring in Simon Gersberg, college basketball and NBA handicapper over at shotquality.com. Simon, we appreciate you joining us once again here on Betting Across America. Got to start with what's going on in Chapel Hill, Duke, North Carolina. What are you hoping to learn from that game? We'll see later on tipping off 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, well, those are always thrillers. And also, thank you for having me, guys. Um, the over in the game has a little bit of value on our uh, shot quality bets just based off the positive regression right. that Duke and North Carolina have on both ends. Uh, so slight over on that game. Uh, that is one bet we like a little bit for sure. You know, Simon, when you look at this matchup, uh, I tend to agree with you on this over. Both teams are willing to get up and go. These games tend to be generally extremely competitive. When you say for the average person who might be new to college basketball betting, we're just getting out of NFL, uh, what's kind of a value that you find in terms of a discrepancy of your line compared to, say, the current number out there that you try to look for? Is it a plus two, plus three or greater? What's the kind of number you're looking for on a total and also on a side? Totally. Great question. Uh, usually four, four plus is where we go, but actually uh, we've, had a, we've had a significant amount of plays this season with eight plus points of value right now. Our hitting at 58% and is up 62 units on the season. So when it's eight plus, that's very, very different. <laughs> um, but four, yeah, four is solid. And in this game, it's five. So that's pretty good for the over in this game. Speaking with Simon Gersberg, college basketball and NBA handicapper over at shotquality.com. Simon, according to the data that you guys have gathered, who's the best team in the Big 12? Uh, can you say again? Actually, cut out. Oh, sorry. sorry. I-, I wanted to ask you, according to the data that you guys have gathered, who's the best team in the Big 12? It's a great question. Um, right now, it looks like it's Baylor by a Decent amount, but Kansas and Tech are right neck and neck with them. Uh, basically, Baylor, obviously, it didn't look great against Bama. Uh, coming off two bad losses against Tech and Oklahoma State back-to-back uh, early in the month. But they are still getting the best shots on both ends in the Big 12 for sure and seem to be a uh, very high potential repeat uh, in the tourney this year for sure. Well, high potential repeat. I want to ask you about this game against Baylor taking on Kansas. Is there a side that you like? Maybe the total in this game going on at Fog Allen there in Lawrence. We don't have any bet on this game. Uh, obviously, it'll be a thriller either way. I wish there was something, but uh, no value we see on either end so far in this game. Simon, when you look at these two teams, obviously they're going to be dangerous when we get into March. But uh, when overall, right now, Gonzaga, Auburn, the class of college basketball at this point in time, are you a believer and buyer in both these teams? Or is there somebody else that's kind of caught your fancy that you're looking at that maybe people are underappreciating or undervaluing? Arizona. I think Arizona is just so, so special. Uh, they have no weaknesses. Like, I think when it comes to March time, a team like that is just like, like, how do you scout for them? Like, I, like, I, I just feel like there's just so little you could do to limit them on offense, especially with Tommy Lloyd, uh, just with all the talent he has. I, I just think they're so, so dangerous and probably one of the most undervalued teams, uh, from a betting perspective, uh, moving forward. Yeah, we're looking at the futures odds at BetMGM Arizona 11 to one to win the national title. You think there's a little bit of value there, Simon? I do. I definitely do. And I, I like Purdue. Tendo. I think Duke Duke and Auburn are a little overvalued, and then Purdue and Arizona, uh, good value there for sure. 
Well, I, I want to ask you about Auburn's rival. Last week, Alabama knocked off Baylor at home. Do you think this is setting up for another game? They're hosting Kentucky, another game where the Tide can play giant killer with wins already over Gonzaga and Houston this season. It's incredible. Alabama has more variance in their play than any other team I've seen in college basketball. Obviously, that makes sense just because they take so many threes. Uh, so they have the potential to lose to a team like Georgia, uh, and then they have the potential to beat a team like Kansas, which is just absurd. Um, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I think honestly, uh, Baylor, I mean, sorry, uh, I think Bama, they're sh- overall in the last, like, so they beat, uh, they beat Baylor, uh, but that was a toss up game. And then they just got destroyed by Auburn. So it really just fluctuates so much right now. We have the spread basically like a toss up game against Kentucky. Uh, so it's going to be tough if they're going to come out and pull out another one. I don't know. When you, when you look at Texas tech, this is a team that probably won't jump out to a lot of people. Terrence Shannon's not had a particularly strong year, but this team is right there in the thick of the big 12. They defend extremely well, tough to beat at home. How good can this team be into March? Are you a buyer into this team? Absolutely. I think their switchable defense just makes them so, so dangerous to scout for. Um, I think they're really, really special. The one stat that's uh, not great for them moving forward, they do allow a ton of catch-and-shoot threes on defense. That was kind of how, I mean, that thriller against Kansas, like, they got a lot of good looks there. Uh, so that's a little dangerous, especially, like, in March time. Like, let's just say a team like Oral Roberts, like, they, they, these, like, great shooting, less athletic teams might have a chance against them. But um, I think they're really, really dangerous come March time for sure. Well, Simon, we've talked a lot about of the big games, the big name teams, but who do you like on today's slate? Just more than 150 games of college basketball fans. <laughs> a lot of options, a lot of options. Uh, the game we like the most, a little mid-major action, North Dakota State against Denver. Uh, the spread right now is 11, and we have uh, North Dakota State as 18-point favorites in the game. So oh, seven wow. points of value. And the big stat which favors them, this is so fascinating, is their opponent free throw percentage. So right now, North Dakota State is 325th in opponent free throw percentage. That's a totally uncontrollable variable. <laughs> it's like, like it's, it's illogical. And uh, obviously, I think that's impacted the lines a little bit. So teams are currently shooting 75% from the line. But based off the players that are shooting those free throws, they're expected to shoot 65%. Just based off the career free throw percentage of the guys taking them. So that's a 10% difference. That has a major impact on, obviously, the line because a lot of free throws in the game. Uh, so we have, yeah, North Dakota State as a plus, uh, minus 11. Wow. Oh, and uh, one more thing. One more thing I got to toss in here. Uh, currently on plays with North Dakota State this season, uh, shot quality bets is 12 and 1. So this is <laughs> so we're going for 13 and 1 if we could get this one. <laughs> Who do they have? Nebraska, Omaha today? Denver. Oh, Denver. Okay. Denver, Denver, Denver. Denver. It must be North Dakota that's got Nebraska, Omaha. I was drawing a blank on that one. But, yeah, it's, you know, you look at some of these matchups, you you bring up some great stats. It's very interesting. I want to quickly ask you about the NBA. There's no clear-cut team this year, as we generally see. Usually there's two to three teams, and in the NBA the favorites tend to rise to the top. Is there a particular team that's jumped out to you that people should say, hey, take a look at? Because the Eastern Conference, you can make a case for four to five potential teams to come out of the East. In the West, I feel like it's a bit of a two-horse race, or do you think there's another team out there besides Golden State and uh, Phoenix? I think the Jazz are kind of a sleeping giant, honestly. Uh, I know Gobert's been hurt for a little while, and Donovan's been hurt a little bit too. Uh, But they have very similar metrics to what, the Bucks did last season. Oh, I guess it's that this really hurts them that Ingles is going to be gone for the rest of the season. Uh, but 
last season the Bucks basically were like I think like six to ten uh more shot quality wins than actual. Basically like they were getting better shots than their record indicated by a significant amount the Bucks last season. And that's why we had them winning the all pretty at the beginning of the playoffs. Uh the Jazz are very similar in that boat. Currently like the number one team in adjusted net shot quality. So uh, and expect to have nine more wins than they currently have. It goes against a lot of what um, just like I test recent, especially with all their injuries. But I do think they're going to pick it up once they get a little more healthy. And if they make a big trade, the deadline, I think they're really, really dangerous for sure. The Utah Jazz right now, 12 to one to win the NBA championship over at bet MGM. He is Simon Gersberg, college basketball and ND NBA handicapper over at shotquality.com. Simon, we appreciate you joining us once again here on betting across America. We hope to talk soon, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. The Utah Jazz. Interesting. Joe Ingles out for the year, or Ingles, I should say, out for the year. They've mentioned it. The injuries have kind of hampered this Utah team, but he likes them nonetheless. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting when you look out west. Phoenix, I like a lot. They've they've really grown on me. I wasn't a buyer into Phoenix coming yeah. into the season, it's but you have here. to give them a lot of credit what Chris Paul's been able to do. And then they've got guys that understand their roles, like Michael Bridges. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's a terrific player. And then Devin Booker is just, you know, he's a superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he scores the basketball yeah. like, as, as well as anybody in the NBA. That team, they play defense, defense well, yeah. versatile, everything you'd want in the NBA heading into a playoff game. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I'm buying a little bit more, but I'm not all the way with Phoenix. We'll discuss I, that. I, I agree with you. That's that's yeah. exactly my point. Yep. Not all the way there. On the other side, our number two, we're going to open it up. Stop, drop, shut them down. Open up props here. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.